Welcome to Otaku Brothers, your friendly neighborhood gaming podcast featuring Rusty and Ryan. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 124 of Otaku Brothers. My name is Rusty, and as always, I'm joined by my forever co-host and brother-in-law, Ryan. How the heck you doing, man? Doing good. Yeah. I um, Not too many crazy things, so this is our first episode after two weeks off, mm-hmm. um, starting the new routine. Nothing too crazy really happened over the last two weeks. I joined a new team at work, um, so trying to figure out my place in the world. Oh, as we all are. Yes. And um, so I'm getting used to that. Um, besides that, really just playing some good games, chilling with the pup, watching some shows. Love to hear that. Yeah. What about you? Yeah. I think I kind of echo that. Work has been pretty steady, busy, but good. And home life has been great with Lauren not studying every night. We've definitely taken advantage of watching movies together, cooking together, getting outside with Scoob more, and all that fun stuff. So, yeah, nothing really big to report, I would say. No no major stories or anything like that. Nothing to – no drama in the Lewis household, I would say. Good. Which is probably yeah. a, a good thing. But, uh, yeah, last night, actually, Lauren has uh, a coworker of hers who I think she hops around to different either departments at her company or she hops around to different companies – in a supply chain related role. I'm kind of okay. unclear on that, but sweet person. And she wanted to go to one of the minor league baseball games uh, here in town, which is literally where I park for work is the parking lot for games for this minor league baseball team. So for me, it's super convenient. So I was like, yeah, you know, I'll work a little later on Friday uh, afternoon and then I'll meet you, Lauren, for a beer at a local place to us, uh, at least my company, and then we'll hop over. Watch some minor league baseball. Very fun. How which was is it? fun. It's been at least fifteen years since I've since I've been to a Clippers game. So um that was pretty sweet. The atmosphere of baseball is just wonderful. Yeah. Especially last night. It was like a nice 60, 65 degrees breeze, clear skies, wasn't rainy or anything like that. So literally just the ideal weather for a baseball game for sure. And uh yeah, I mean it'd been so long since I'd been to a baseball game and, and I've never really been really into baseball. Like people say, Oh, do you like the Indians or the, um, or the, uh, the Cincinnati Reds, which I think, I think the Cleveland Indians are no longer the Cleveland Indians, if I'm not mistaken. Maybe. I don't know. I, baseball is one of those sports where I can't watch it on TV. Mm. It's more of like you have to be there to make it entertaining. I'm with you. Um, you get your uh, Cracker Jacks mm. and mm-hmm. some hot dogs and maybe a beer. I guess last time I was at a baseball game, I was not old enough to get a beer. I was seven. <laughs> yeah. Double fisting. I was just down in some Bud Light. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Did you end up getting any food there? Or? Yeah. So... We got there and there's like a little deal where it's like a soft drink and a slice of pizza for five bucks. And so Lauren and I get up there and yeah, we're like, yeah, we'll take two Miller lights and a piece of pizza, cheese and pep. And she's like, okay, cool. Uh, well, you also get soft drinks with that. And I was like, no, we, we want the beer and not the, <laughs> yeah, no- we don't want that weak shit. <laughs> <laughs> Give me the beer. Yeah. Pretty much. And she was like, well, we're out of Miller Lite. And I'm like, okay, well, I'll go to the next best thing. Hook me up with the Bud Light, please. And uh, she's like, well, we have to charge you extra for the beer. And I'm like, 
lady, that's totally fine. I understand I'm going to be paying a premium pi- yeah. price at this baseball game. Jesus, just give me my <laughs> shit. <laughs> I don't need this back talk. I just want beer and food. <laughs> I don't need to hear how the kids are doing, all right? Yeah. Let me just, you know, drink my beer and eat my pizza in peace, please. Um, so, yeah, we sit down. We're, we're enjoying the ball game. And then we sit through five innings, I think. Okay. Uh, and then Lauren and I were like, hey, we're going to dip out. You know, we want to get home at this point. It's like 830 and Lauren and I are like a million years old. So mm-hmm. we don't really want to be out downtown uh, super late. So... Lauren and I are heading out, and I'm like, hey, you want to get a hot dog before we leave? Because I was going to walk Lauren back to the parking garage where she was parked okay. and then book it back to, to the parking lot where I was at. And she was like, yeah, heck yeah. So we walk up to the the stand to get some hot dogs, as you do at a baseball game. Yeah. You can't not eat a hot dog at a baseball game. Come on now. And so it's my expectation in my ideal little rusty world that I'm going to walk up to this stand, and they have these hot dogs like chilling on a grill, and she's just going to like pull it off the grill, put it on a bun for me and Lauren, and then we're just going to walk on our merry way, maybe you know add some ketchup to that thing and and keep moving. That seems reasonable. Yeah. So yeah. we walk up, and we'll say, you know, I say two hot dogs, please. And she's like, four bucks. I'm like, not a big deal. Hand her the cash. Actually, I use my credit card. And she dips down and opens this cabinet drawer, grabs two hot dogs out of it in these little plastic baggies, and hands them to us. And I'm like... And it was no bun. It was just the hot dog. (laughs) And I'm like, well, that's kind of weird. But, uh, alrighty. So, Lauren and I grab our hot dogs, walk over to the condiment stand, and we're going to, you know, get the ketchup and mustard as you do. Are these, like, sandwich bags or, like... Sort of. They're, like, little, um, just pocket baggies. Yeah. Okay. For hot dogs. I mean, I think they're really you know, made for this purpose. So I pulled the hot dog out and this thing is as pink as a newborn baby's head. And I was like, this hot dog doesn't look like it's ever been cooked in <laughs> ever. And Lauren felt the same way. Like there was no char to the hot dog. There, This thing was definitely not cooked on a grill. It was probably boiled. Oh God. And I was like, all right, I'm just going to douse this thing in some ketchup and just pray that it doesn't hurt my, my body. Was it frozen or was it, it was it, it cooked? It had a lukewarm temperature to it. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, that's, I, I swear, like coming back to reality or like just things in general, like AM, going to AMC for movies, they didn't have any food. Mm-hmm. And what we could get was like 30 bucks. And now baseball is ruined because you can't get a good Frank. Yeah. Yeah, so that was a little disappointing. There was nothing hot about that hot dog. <laughs> it was only dog on a bun. <laughs> I don't even know what kind of mystery meat was going on in there, which it's always kind of like a mystery, right? You never, oh, yeah. You never know. Sketch. You don't eat hot dogs for the premium meatness. <laughs> yeah, the prime hot dog. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, Lauren and I ate the hot dogs, walked her back to her car, booked it back to mine. And on the way home, I just felt like there were weird things digesting in my stomach. I did not feel well yeah. at all. And so we get home. I, uh, uh, Our good friend, Mr. Blink, he was doing some pickups streams over there on the Twitch. Check him out, Blinkoom, twitch.tv slash Blinkoom. Uh, one of the best people doing the content out there. But uh, he was doing some pickups. And so I watched him. And then Lauren and I ended up going to bed. I woke up like around four or five feeling just gross <laughs> like, i just i kind of felt like i was gonna get sick thankfully i didn't but yeah. that was uh you know back in my day they used to have <laughs> back in my day <laughs> when i was you know a wee lad at the clippers games they used to have dime a dog nights oh yeah i remember those so you could literally get 10 hot dogs for a buck um now i wonder now i know why they were selling those things 10 for a dollar because i mean they probably get 
a 40, 50 pack of hot dogs for like four or five bucks, you know? Mm, yeah. One pig for like 600 hot dogs. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. But anyways, um, not the best hot dog, but it was a great experience. Loved getting out there to catch a ball game for sure. And that's pretty much the highlight of my week, I would say. Where can you get hot dogs? I'm just trying to think, like, say you you, I mean, you were obviously let down mm-hmm. by this hot dog. But, like, where can you go to get a good hot dog? There's no, like, specifically hot dog joints, right? Take a plane. Okay. Hear me out. Okay. So, book a flight to Anchorage, Alaska. And oh. there's this... You go into town and um, there's all kind of fun dive bars and hotels where you can stay, but just wander around a little bit. All right. I would say around between 4 and 7 p.m. Okay. And there's this lady that might set up shop, uh, a little food vendor, Hmm. and she has elk and reindeer dogs. Oh, wow. And they are super meaty, super big. She puts like – she roasts peppers and onions and things like that. And then she has these nice Hmm. sauces too. Um, that she made herself. You can kind of rub on those reindeer dogs. Little, <laughs> rub on those dogs. Little Rudolph or whatever. Um, that's where you get yourself a good hot dog. Wow, that sounds like a hell of a commute for hot dog. <laughs> Maybe throwing some flu. <laughs> hey, I mean, uh, you know. <laughs> Three flights. <laughs> it, the length you're willing to go for meat, dude, you, you know, it's up to you. Dude, I'd go so far for meat. <laughs> yeah, so, you know. Okay, well, that answers my question. I know where to get dogs now. Yep. Got to go for, to Anchorage, Alaska to get the prime hot dogs. But anyways, Ryan, we are here to talk about all kinds of fun things, including hot dogs and baseball games. This is Otaku Brothers, Rusty here, Ryan over there. We're going to keep it pretty chill today. You know, usually we talk about video games, the latest and greatest that are coming out and all of the old stuff that we've been playing. We'll do a little bit about a little bit of that here soon. We always talk about the games that we have been playing recently on this podcast. We also get into... You know, the PlayStation State of Plays of the World and Nintendo Directs, but we got none of that this week. Although, keep your podcast cues open because next week we have a PlayStation State of Play. So Ryan and I will be breaking the new recording schedule and we will be reacting to uh, the PlayStation State of Play next weekend. So we'll have some fresh reactions to that. But today, we are going to talk about the games we've been playing. We're also going to do more Chuck Klosterman's Superthetical's. If you don't know what those are, well, stay tuned for later in the show. And then at the back half of the show, as we close things out, Ryan and I are going to talk through some of the future podcast episodes that we have planned, um, some segments that we're going to revive, and maybe we have a guest or two lined up that I think will be pretty fun as well. But all of that being said, Ryan, I want to hear how your adventures with Ori and the Will of the Wisps is going. So what's going down with the games you've been playing? All right. Yeah, I have a few things. So I've watched a lot of shows, actually, in the last couple of weeks. Um, but first, I want to talk about Spider-Man, mm. the trailer, because mm-hmm. that came out in the last two weeks. Yeah. And I'm really excited. Me too. Um, it kind of got me in a Marvel mood. I know there was, I think it's Shang-Chi and the Sonic Rings. Mm. Uh, it came out, I think, September 2nd. Um, that one looked like a lot of fun. Um, I needed something to get me back into the Marvel mood because it's been a while. Um, so, yeah, I'm excited to see Spider-Man. The The one thing that I don't like about the whole Sony agreement with Marvel is on Disney Plus, there aren't any Spider-Man movies. That's true. Yeah. Um, so I wanted to watch, um, was it Homecoming and Far From Home again? I have I Homecoming, so you can borrow that whenever. Okay. Yeah. It looked like, 
I don't know. I, it'll be fun to have, what, Daredevil, potentially the other two Spider-Mans, and then just all the villains from all the Spider-Man movies mm-hmm. all in one place. Yeah, so I also had a huge Spider-Man kick this week following that trailer, and I wanted to watch and revisit all of the Tobey Maguire films yeah. when he was Spidey back in the early 2000s. And so I did do that, and I kind of have a quick little Twitter You know, 240 characters or less synopsis of each film that I revisited. And all in all, I'll kind of read through those here shortly. Such a fun time revisiting. Lauren and I actually also watched Far From Home this week, which I had never seen before because it was post-Endgame. I was just so tired of the Marvel stuff after, you know, 10 years of it all. Obviously, Endgame lived up to all of my expectations and then some, but I did not want to go to the theaters or even watch one at home because I was just a little tired of the, the Marvel yeah. stuff. So all of that to say, um, after watching the No Way Home trailer, super hyped. I cannot wait for all three Spideys to be together. I, I don't really care for Andrew Garfield's The Amazing Spider-Man. I think those two movies are... Did you watch those? I've seen them both once, and okay. I never want to really watch either of them again. Okay, that's fair. Um, I mean, for the context of No Way Home, I will, but they're not movies I care to own. That's for sure. There was what? Electro guy? Yeah, um, Jamie Foxx. Yeah. And then the first one. I can't I th- remember the first one. I just remember Gwen Stacy, Emma Stone. They wrote her out in the first movie. What the yeah. heck? Why you got to do that? Yeah. No, it'll be cool. Um, I was seeing some side-by-sides of, what was it Doctor Strange just chilling in a sweatshirt and a robe? I don't know why his place is filled with snow, but I was seeing like people were thinking that he was was it Mephisto or someone mm. who is the antagonist for um one of the shows that they had on Disney Plus. Oh, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I'm I'm really excited about that. So maybe a good reason to get back into going to the theaters. Yeah. No, for sure. Um so yeah, I'll just run through. Well, actually, you know what? You keep doing your thing and we'll circle back to Spider-Man when I get to my stuff. Okay. Sounds good. Um, another watch that I watched this week was there was a Witcher movie, uh, animated oh. Witcher show that was, or I guess it's a, like an hour and a half long movie that was added to Netflix. How was that? It was a lot of fun. Um, I th- this takes place right before uh, Geralt. 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 Yeah. Um, so you have the Witcher series. I don't know how close that follows the books, but this is basically bef- like. Everything that happens up to destroying the whole Witcher uh, project. Okay. And yeah, it was great. It was a fun watch. Um, Very violent, very bloody, like as you'd expect. But yeah, definitely good watch if you want something. Was this on Netflix or? It is. It's on Netflix. Okay. Very Um, cool. I don't know if they bought the rights to the Witcher. I know there was some lawsuit where the original author wanted some money, but Netflix might have a monopoly on the Witcher now. They might. And yeah. then I think later this year, maybe December. It's December. I think. Yeah. yeah. Season two. Season two. You need to watch those. Yeah. Well, what I'm hoping for is that CD Projekt Red releases a next generation patch for The Witcher 3 um, sometime this fall because I so desperately want to go back to The Witcher 3. Um, I would I would happily replay that game again. <laughs> My thoughts might change in the same way they did for Ghost of Tsushima where I was like, I spent over 85 hours in that world last yeah. year. I don't know if I, I need to do that again right now because it's going to delay me getting to other games in my backlog. But I so badly want to go back to The Witcher. And I imagine 
what I'll probably end up doing is just importing my save and going directly into the DLC because I didn't touch yeah. the DLC. And I think there's like two or three separate sets of DLC that make up like another 80 plus hours of content. Like Blood and Wine and some like Vampire one. and yeah, yeah, something like that. But you know what I want for CD Projekt Red? Like I know everything with Cyberpunk 2077 didn't really work out and that's been such a cluster over the past year. I don't really know when the next generation patches for those games are coming out or when that game is going to be playable in a reasonable way beginning to end i do want to play it eventually yeah um but i think to kind of redeem themselves they just go back to what made them so successful in the first place and that's the witcher yeah i think they just need to remake the original witcher and maybe even the second one as well and in a whole new engine similar to like the elder school series like do not use the skyrim engine like something entirely new yeah. built from the ground up remake the witchers one and two <clears throat> i know we're kind of like an attired stream of like whether it's hollywood or the video games industry of like just remakes or yeah. you know sequels to games but you know what i'm here for it at this point like i would i never played the first two witchers i have both of them on steam having recently played the third game though i think going back to some of those antiquated mechanics might be a little tough yeah uh but i think for cd project red the best next move for them is either starting an entirely new ip and doing it right but I think if they want to be financially successful, going back to The Witcher, remaking both of those games would be awesome. Yeah, I, I think they definitely burned up all their good faith on a new IP. That's true. Yeah, uh, I, I think they just recently dropped like a 50 gig patch. OK, Um, maybe within the last month or so. But yeah, I I, I would like to see The Witcher. I, I'll eventually play it. I have it on Switch. I have it on PlayStation. Just watching the shows and the movies are kind of made me want to play it again. Mm -hmm. But it's at like a hundred hour entry. Time. It's tough. Yeah, it's it's a significant. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of like Persona, but I think for the both of us, we can probably agree we'd much rather spend a hundred hours playing something like The Witcher than we would Persona Five. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. Um, for you know, I mean, to each their own. I think that type of gameplay style is just more conducive to our interests than the JRPG stuff of Persona 5. Yeah, I'd mu much rather like hack and slash and like shoot magic than I would to go through school and like attack mind castles of predators. It's just a completely different game. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's yeah. just, yeah. It's not that either one genre. is better than the other. It's just personal preference for sure. Yep. Cool. And then um, on top of that, there was that show. I haven't, I think it's maybe been out for like five weeks, but it's on Disney Plus. It's the What If series. Mm, I don't know if I know about this. So basically, they swap out characters in some of the uh, Marvel stories with other characters. Oh. So like whether it's like gender swap or race swap of different characters. So like the first episode that I watched, they swapped out uh, Captain America with Captain Carter. So instead of Steve Rogers becoming Captain America... Uh, Peggy Carter became Captain America. Oh, his love interest? Yeah. Yeah. So he's like the skinny dude and like I don't want to ruin it because they change a lot. Um but it's really interesting. Cool. Yeah. It it was really cool. And then I started episode 2 and they switch out Star-Lord with uh Chadwick Boseman. Oh, very with, interesting. Yeah, so like the first interaction is when he's going to get the power stone uh -huh. and he's like 
do you know who I am? Like, I'm Star-Lord. And it's the, like, other bald dude who comes in with the, like, Ninja Turtles. Oh, And yeah. he's like, yeah, dude, I know. Of course I know who you are kind of thing. Like, it's just the interactions are completely different. And it's kind of, it's all about what if. And this is all animated? Yeah, it's animated. Okay. Um, And then they have, like, the narrator is the Watcher, which is actually a character in the Marvel Universe. And I think... There's a watcher specifically for Earth, and he basically just watches shit. Hmm. Um, but yeah, really cool idea. I think there's five episodes out or four episodes out so far, so I'll probably keep on watching those. Very nice. Um, yeah. And they actually, throughout the entire episode, they go through all of Captain America 1. Oh, okay. So it's like a 30-minute episode, and they kind of condense all of yeah the first Captain America into that time playing out major events you have all the bucky stuff and then i don't know what episode two will have but i'm sure it's going to be all of uh, guardians of the galaxy one very neat yeah that's awesome yeah do you want me to go through my games or do you want to go through the shit that you've watched uh yeah i can do the stuff that i watched real quick so um kind of getting back to the spidey stuff i watched each of the (laughs) sam raimi directed uh toby Maguire spider-man movies such a fun revisit. I think one of the biggest takeaways was just how much I miss early 2000s, whether it's movies, just the the type of stuff that was going on in pulp culture, the boy bands like Dashboard Confessional. Like at the end of Spider-Man 2, Dashboard Confessional's Vindicated played, and it was just mm. so perfectly like encompassed that era, but also just like the teenaged angst of mj and peter's relationship that i was like gosh this is so good <laughs> like oh my goodness it was, it's just such a fun revisit it it certainly makes me wish that you know sam and uh, toby mcguire had plans to do a fourth and fifth movie and sony productions was even considering a sixth were they but there was just so much behind the scenes stuff going on that they couldn't get it to work and script rewrites and Eventually, Sam Raimi publicly stated that he doesn't feel like the he could retain the creative integrity that he wanted for the film. So he stepped away. And because of that, Toby stepped away. And it just nothing. It didn't end up working, Okay, um, which was such a bummer. And I think it was one of the producers or something like that for Spider-Man 3 that really wanted Sam Raimi to write in um, Venom. And he didn't really want to do it. And he's gone on record to even say like that was just an absolute mistake. And even the producer said, I shouldn't have forced that in the movie because it was it was weird. It was weird and bloated. And Topher Grace was just a terrible casting role for 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 Venom. I think he he's an okay Eddie Brock in the sense of like his rivalry with Peter with the Daily Bugle, like all of that relationship was great to me that back and forth because He's just a squirrely, slimy dude in pretty much everything he plays. So for me, that dynamic totally worked. But when it came to the Venom stuff and when he like pulled off the mask in the Venom suit, I was just like, this is just bizarre. That's the guy from that 70s show. Exactly. I don't see him as a villain. No. Like the new Venoms. I I don't know if you saw those. I I haven't. But Tom Hardy's perfect for the role. Yeah. He's like more rugged than. Yeah. Yeah. So anyways, these are kind of like my 240 character or less reviews of each of the Sam Raimi directed Spider-Man films. The first one, I said Spider-Man, a 2002 film, holds up really well. 
Sam Raimi brought a wonderful element of cheese that may seem to border on soap opera at times, but it just works so well. Holland might be my favorite Spidey, but I'll always love Toby's portrayal of Parker, which um, they're two completely different characters. I'm glad that they're so distinct in the way that they play the role. Yeah. I'm sure Tom Holland took a lot of inspiration for the way that Garfield and Maguire played the characters because he wanted to make it his own. And I think he's done a remarkable job at that. Yeah. Um, I, I think this era of Spider-Man, though, is just so different in what they were going for. And the Spider-Mans of today really plays into the MCU humor in a way that is just so night and day different than what Sam Raimi was going for. Yeah. And so I think they both serve their purpose well, but to be perfectly honest, I think I almost prefer the Sam Raimi Spider-Man movies just because I think a lot of nostalgia plays into that. I grew yeah, up watching probably. these movies. I played each of the video games growing up. So I have ties to these that I don't really have to Tom Holland's Spider-Man, but I love, love, love Tom Holland's Spider-Man. So anyways, getting to Spider-Man 2, I said Spider-Man 2, a 2004 film, holds up remarkably well. Molina's Doc Ock is perfect. That subway battle sequence and so much more. What I wasn't prepared for was a colossal ton of nostalgia as Dashboard Confessionals Vindicated played when the credits rolled. Take me back to 2004. Oh my goodness. This movie was so good and I just forgot how amazing Molina's Doc Ock portrayal was. Like, he's perfect for the role. The, the relationship between them over the course of the film was just so good. Um, even James Franco as, you know when he finds out that, you know, Peter's Spider-Man and all of that yeah. kind of stuff, it's just, it's, it's really well done. So Spider-Man two definitely is, was the quintessential Marvel movie and superhero film at the time. And I still think it holds up um, to this day. Yeah. I was watching the bank scene, like that fight where mm. uh, they're trying to get a loan or something and then shit hits the fan and he's just chucking money bags. I, I yeah, I think Spider-Man two is the most iconic for me. Probably one of my favorite Spider-Man games of all time yeah but yeah great villain yeah for sure and then spider-man 3 i said <laughs> holds up far better than i remember especially to conclude a trilogy of films i feel was deserving of a fourth it's bloated topher grace is a terrible venom but i still love that final battle this trilogy was a treat to revisit no way home cannot come soon enough and i, lo I know a lot of people cringe at the toby mcguire like once Venom starts to kind of get a grip on him and he turns into this like emo character, mm -hmm. I think a lot of that is so purposeful in the sense that like Venom just does something to you and brings something out of you that was probably always there, but you suppress it. Yeah. And I think Toby's Peter Parker is such an introverted, nerdy dude. He doesn't have the confidence to talk to girls or go out there and be his best self. But I think Venom brought that out of him in a way where... Sure, it's cringy and emo and strange and weird, but it's it's hilarious, and I love yeah. it. I love it so much. And definitely worth a, a good few memes from it too. Oh yeah, I can't remember. Do you, does do you hear Venom's voice talk to Tobey Maguire? Um, I think Topher Grace might have some kind of filter like, on his voice. But well, I'm trying to think. Do you hear the was it syn not syndicate? Whatever it was. Do you hear the oh. like blob talk to him? No, I don't think so. Okay. I guess that's the difference between the new and the old then. Mm -hmm. Is you actually hear Venom talking to. Yeah, I don't think it has a personality of its own yet. Okay. Maybe when it takes over Eddie Brock. I can't really remember. Even though I watched earlier this week. 
if it has like a separate personality that speaks to him or not. Okay. But, but yeah, all in all, really fun movies, such a great revisit. And they're movies that I feel like still stand the test of time, whether you grew up watching them or not. I feel like Tobey Maguire absolutely laid down the groundwork for the character. And, you know, as people say, he walked so Tom Holland could run. You know, I, <laughs> I really feel like he did a great job on being cast as the character and making it his own in, in a unique way. So those are really fun. And then Far From Home, I watched and that was just OK, like especially coming away from Homecoming. Uh, it, it was fine. Like, I didn't think it was great. I didn't really like Mysterio as a villain. That whole, like, not really sure what was reality and what was fake was just, they almost played on that too much in my eyes. Yeah. Um. But Jake Gyllenhaal is great. I think, you know, him and Tom Holland certainly share great on-screen chemistry in the film. Um. I also think that the MJ relationship between Holland and Zendaya is nothing to Maguire's and Kirsten Dunst. Yeah, I agree. Um, I just think there's just... Again, different characters, and they're playing them in very different ways, but nothing will ever come close to uh, the MJ and Peter Parker of the early 2000s in my eyes. So. Yeah, no, I completely agree. I would definitely say Homecoming's a better movie, but I think the third one's going to potentially top them all. Oh, yeah. No, I'm with you. It's going to be amazing. So. I wonder if they're going to try to tie in Venom. I mean, that that would be so many characters on in one movie, but they could eventually, with all these multiverse things, tie in Fantastic Four and Venom, because those are Sony properties. Yeah, they could. Um, it'll be interesting to see for sure. But uh, yeah, I think later December is when No Way Home comes out, so I'm super duper pumped for that. Cool. You watch anything else? No, that was really it, I think. Um, Laura and I finished a season of Survivor, kind of getting hyped for the next season coming out in a few weeks, but... Outside of that, yeah, pretty much just the Spider-Man films, which to no one's surprise, people, Rusty had a huge James Bond kick a couple weeks ago, <laughs> ended up buying a bunch of James Bond games. And similarly, I cleaned up on the Spider-Man games. I didn't have not all of them because there's like a gazillion of them. But uh, on the PS3 side of things, I ended up getting Shattered Dimensions. Uh, what is this other one? The Edge of Time. And then I also got both The Amazing Spider-Man 1 and 2, the Andrew Garfield movies, because um, I think those ones are a little open world. The ones that are by Beanox Studios, I guess they're all by Beanox, but I think Shattered Dimension Edge of Time are more corridor-based, where you go into specific levels as opposed to having the freedom to swing around New York that you have in The Amazing Spider-Man. Okay. So, um, nice. And I've already beaten uh, Marvel's Spider-Man by... Uh, insomniac twice at this point and i've already beaten miles morales so i need more spot i need my spotty fix yeah i was gonna say at these six games <laughs> don't tickle your fancy which they're expensive if you're not to instill the the fear of missing out on anyone as it relates to spider-man games but um, by now <laughs> yeah because they are going up and the the retro game market and just the video game market in general right now is absolute insanity because of wada games and grading and gem mint tens and all that kind of nonsense so get out there if you have any love for spidey and try and find your deals on the ebays or mom and pop shops if you're interested in getting some of those early xbox 360 ps3 generation spidey games cool but enough about my spider-man obsession ryan unless you've been playing a spider-man game this week i've not i was thinking about it though Ooh. i was thinking about going back to like spider or miles morales you beat it didn't you i you, did you just didn't get yeah. the platinum it just wasn't as good as the original one you weak Person. Well, I haven't gotten any Platinums on any of the Spider-Man games. 
you've gotten like three of the same game. <laughs> I got it on PS3. I got it on PS4 and PS5. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. Fucking I translated it over to Xbox, even though I can't get it. And Actually, I got achievements. So to circle back on a question you asked last podcast episode, you said, how many Platinums have I gotten this year? And I, I jokingly said like 70 or whatever. So I actually have an answer for you because the spreadsheet that I track for the games that I beat over the course of the year, the columns that I have are the system I beat it on, the month I beat it, year the game was released, kind of like high level of the genre. Is it a top 10 contender of the year for games I played or not? And then did I get the platinum? And is it the first time I played the game? So let's just do a live reaction here to the number of platinum. So one, two, three, four, five. Six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen. So seventeen new platinums this year. You want to put that into perspective? I beat my fourth game this year, <laughs> this last week. <laughs> Dude, you got six more games you got to beat. So by default, all ten games you beat this year are going to be your top ten <laughs> games of the year. Exactly. Piece of shit. Uh, you know what? It makes it easier. Mm-hmm. I was actually trying to put together my sheet. I know because we mentioned I was I need to go back to my the podcast we did a few weeks ago because I lost my spreadsheet on my work computer. But I was trying to think of like the third game because I beat Monster Hunter Rise. Mm-hmm. I beat Dead Cells and I can't think of the third one. Or in the Blind Forest. Well, that's the fourth one. Oh, I beat another one because <laughs> dude beast. Well, I'm trying to think of other games that came out this year that you and I both may have played because you didn't want to say there was Plank. one that came out January or something. Oh, I, I don't remember. You didn't beat Sackboy. Maybe you beat Miles Morales this year. Maybe. I have it somewhere. I, I t- we talked about it on the podcast. I just couldn't think about it. Did you beat, remember it. Did you beat Lizard Lady versus the Cats this year? See, I missed that stream. Oh, okay. <laughs> so I never got in on that one. What about Balan Wonderworld? Dude, I have expectations of games, and I expect <laughs> them to meet those expectations. <laughs> oh, we love you, Yuji Naka. We yeah, love you, you and your sucky games. Hey. Relax. I can, okay. I have Mediocre po- games. I have the power to mute you over here. That's true. All right. So games you've been playing. What's up? So I have a few. Um, by a few, I mean three. So I beat my fourth game, which is Ori and the Blind Forest. Nice. And I I, I bought this maybe a year ago, maybe during even quarantine. Mm. I was really excited to play. I went in spending spree, bought both of them, and I just didn't touch them. I, I knew I was going to love these games. I mean, you got the little ghostly fennec fox of Ori, and you've got all these other cute characters. They're surprisingly sad games, though. Mm. Like, they're little stories that they tell in their oh, 12 really? hours. Um, yeah, they're emotional. Like Pixar, kind of Disney sad? Like, Yeah. I yeah. mean, yeah, kind of. Okay, okay. Just with animals and things. Um, but good stories, and the gameplay is amazing. Um, so I... Ended up beating Ori, the first one, in about 12 hours. And then I took a couple-day break, and then I I want to just play more. So I started the second one. Mm, okay. um, so I'm about 12 hours into that one as well. And that wow. one seems to be 25 hours. Yeah. Um. So the way that these games are set up, or at least the first one was, was you have like the first point you need to get to, which kind of breaks you out into like, hey, you need to go to these three kind of dungeons, mm-hmm. quote unquote. And then you get different abilities and you slowly get better. And it tells the story. The story's woven into each one of these dungeons. And then from there, you beat the game. Okay. Um, 
And yeah, I enjoyed every second of it. Mm. I mean, I raged at some of the ends of the dungeons, and that was just because I needed to get good um, at platforming. But yeah, it's I, I think it's maybe like a 95 in my book. The Where it missed the mark for the remainder of the five points is if you're going too fast, the camera doesn't always keep up with you in a few of the places. So like the start of a... And, I don't know if maybe it's the switch or just because it wants you to watch like a cutscene kind of, but like the transition from like, there's a character that lands and then you have to start your running sequence. And I jump down as they're finishing out that mm-hmm. and doesn't translate, move the camera quick enough. So I potentially die. Yeah. I think that's probably a limitation of the switch because I think the series X, that game runs at like 120 frames per second, yeah, which sure. is nuts. So, and the same way that if you were playing like Spider-Man Miles Morales on the Switch. Yeah, it would chug. Yeah, it would be really tough. So. And yeah, and I can't fault it too much. I mean, there's only a few places uh, where that happened to me, but overall, very solid gameplay. Um, yeah, I loved it. Nice. Yeah. And then the second one, similarly, it's sad, but... Um, it's definitely a bit longer, more dungeons, more places to go. So the first one is more or less kind of like a Metroidvania where you have to have certain abilities to go to do certain things, right? Um, but it's mostly platforming. You mm-hmm. have, as far as attacking goes, you have your abilities you get along the way, but mainly it's like this little orb thing that shocks stuff with electricity. Mm-hmm. Whereas. And then, like, you get to keep all the abilities as you get them. For the second one, it's more of an RPG. So you have, like, a light sword that you get instead of, like, the little electric shock orb dude. And you have, like, three... You start out with three different slots. And as you get different abilities, you can slot in those abilities Mm. instead of having it all at once. Okay. Because maybe they assumed that you were too overpowered by the end of the first Ori. Yeah. Um... But yeah, you can kind of create different builds that you want to do. Like I always like having the ability to stick onto walls. So that one's always a staple for me running around. Uh, But yeah, you can kind of customize and upgrade a little bit different. And then there's uh, kind of side quests that you can do in the second one and like building a town. And yeah, it's, it's great. Nice. Both of them are great. Worth playing. How many hours are you into Will of the Wisps? Like 12, 13. Okay. Um, What's the how I, long to beat on that one? I think it was, I said 12 to 13, which is obviously wrong. Yeah. I think it's like closer to 25. So I've, I've done, what was it? I think there's four dungeons, maybe three dungeons before like the final thing. I've done one out of those three. Okay. Um, okay. So you're I've, taking your time. Yeah. I've kind of explored. So there's like three before you get to the final one. There's one with like darkness, which I'm just sucking at. Mm. And then there's another one with water, which I'm sucking at. So that's kind of where I put it down for a second because I was starting to rage. Okay. Um, Okay. But yeah, a lot of fun. Very nice. Um, And then yesterday I got convinced to buy uh, Ben to pick up Monster Hunter Stories 2. Oh boy. Here we go, people. Everyone just prepare yourselves. Yeah, just tune out for like 30 minutes. All right. No, uh, so this one's completely different. I'm not going to rant about Monster Hunter. This one is basically Monster Hunter except for Pokemon. Mm. Um, oh, fuck me. This is like... <laughs> <laughs> so it's going to be an hour, guys. Sit back. Um, 
No, so like Pokemon for me, the last couple. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not bad because it's actually Monster Hunter and Pokemon, but the same thing. Yeah, dude. In the same game. Yeah, I said that. I was like, oh God. I... <laughs> Do you yeah. listen to yourself when you yeah, speak? Yeah, apparently not. I don't think this through. Um, no, so Pokemon for the last couple generations have just missed the mark. Yeah. Um, you have Sun and Moon, uh, which is their take on like islands and all that. And then the last one, which was like England. Mm-hmm. And both of them sucked. Wasn't a fan. Game Freak, you're letting us down. They're just lazy. Yeah, pretty much. And so now we get the remake of uh, Pearl and Diamonds. Which I'm pumped for. I'm really pumped for. Um, it looks like they're just pulling it and turning it into chibis and it's going to look adorable. Mm-hmm. But these new generations, like even Arceus, I, maybe we could just do an episode on like what needs to happen to Pokemon. But I wanted more of a perspective of... I know there's a few like MMO Pokemon-esque games that came out, um, but this is supposed to be kind of like Monster Hunter's take on Pokemon. Okay. So you have these monsties, mm-hmm, which are... You know. <laughs> yeah, as you do. And those they're kind of like your companion or your Pokemon. Um, you have five... It looks like you can have six, but I, right now I can have five monsties or Pokemon that I can have. Um and you battle alongside your Pokemon, and you have the mechanic of, like, you go out into the wild, you can hunt down these monsters, you still, you kill them at the end of your battle instead of, like, you're going out into the wild, killing a Pikachu, skinning it, and wearing it for your next battle with Pikachus. Yeah. So it's still got the game loop of you're going out, killing stuff, collecting its parts, <laughs> and, like, making armor, making weapons, so that you and your monster can go battle later on with that okay so it's still got the monster hunter loop where it comes into like pokemon is you get all of your monsties through eggs so you have these little dungeons that you go into that are populated by monsties walking around the environment yeah and they're all monsters from the monster hunter games okay. i think there's like 216 that you can get and you go in, you go through these dungeons, and at the end, there's like a little nest, and you can get different eggs. And that's, you hatch the eggs, and that's how you get your monsties. Okay. So, it's a different spin on the formula that Pokemon has. I'm a few hours in. I think there's like seven stars is how they grade it. So, one to seven stars are the ranking of the monster. I just got my fourth. Okay, cool. Um, But there's a lot, there's a... There's lots of customization. I'm not going to bog down my games played with this, but yeah, I'll I'll have more impressions maybe next week. Okay, but they're kind of blending the two genres pretty well then? Yeah, no, it's, I mean, it's a ton of fun to just grind out new armor. Mm-hmm. And that that's the whole intrigue with RPGs for me is like, you can visually see those changes. So oh, yeah. me grinding out different armors or different weapons, um, they, simp- they really simplify the... It's more rock, paper, scissors than it is with the, like, 17 different types of Pokemon. You don't have, like, ghost, dragon, fire, water, leaf, Mm -hmm. all that bullshit. It's dialed down to three different attack styles that the monster can use. It's, like, speed, technical, or power. Mm. And it shows when you're attacking, like, red beats green, green beats blue, blue beats red. It's pretty intuitive. Yeah, it's pretty simplified 
but like based off the type of monster you kind of like this name is going to be nothing to you narga kuga is oh, no. known as you're a good friend <laughs> oh yeah, yeah he's my bro yeah um he's a faster monster in the overall lore mm-hmm. so you know when you go into a battle with him he's going to start with a speed attack which mm-hmm. is blue so you're going to use a green which is technical to trump that so like if he charges at you then you're going to win kind of that standoff yeah yeah um so yeah it's a different spin um and I, i'm enjoying it so far dude as long as you're having fun that's all i care about yeah, so eventually we'll have to talk about Pokemon, what we think really needs to happen, and our I, we'll have our impressions of maybe one, once we play Diamond and Pearl. We can... What I want to happen versus what is actually going to happen are just never going to be the same, one and the same. Um, yeah, we won't get into it, but I mean, Ar- Legends Arceus looks like such an empty world. I mean, Morrowind, a 20-year-old game, was more populated yeah. and more dense than something like Legends Arceus, but I've also... My my expectations are in check with Pokemon going forward that it's it's just never going to be to the level of an Elder Scrolls populated world. There's never going to be that many meaningful things to do. Uh, and that's just the way it is. And, you know, right, wrong or indifferent, it sucks. And I wish like the potential of a Pokemon game having the depth of something like Oblivion or Skyrim would be awesome. But I just don't think Game Freak is willing to put the resources necessary to make that kind of a game. And I don't know if they have the talent and skill sets to make the a game of that size and scope which you know it again it is what it is this is certainly a tremendous leap from what we've gotten previously in legends arceus and it just might be another 10 12 years before we have you know a pokemon you know whatever that is the size and scope of something like elder scrolls yeah it's hard to hear um and that's that's what's interesting about kind of the stories game is I, I, the Pokemon transitioned from a top-down kind of sprite-esque character model to this, their attempt at 3D characters running around the world. Mm-hmm. And it's like side-by-side, side, I mean, two Switch games, you have whatever the most recent Pokemon game is versus stories. And it's like night and day, how pretty, how populated the worlds are. I mean, there's no pop-in for monsters in stories. Yeah. They're walking around the world, interacting with the environment. And I mean, you can ride on all of the monsters like that. They're all, you hop on their back and run around the world with them for every monster in the entire thing. And I know it's like, it's, it's a different size roster. And I mean, they're trying to trim down the Pokedex, but like you can mount, uh, you can ride on 216 different monsters where Pokemon is struggling to have Pokemon just follow you around. So it's yeah. just, it's interesting to see a more competent studio like Capcom taking on a similar genre um, and just comparing side to side. So yeah, overall I'm enjoying it. I've put yesterday worth of time into it. So nice. Um, <laughs> yeah, I will, uh, I'll have more impressions as I go through it some more. Um, as far as other games go, I I'm continuing to work on my Animal Crossing world. I have everything kind of laid out or figured out where I want things to finish out my island. Um so that's good. I, I'm trying the there's two more things that I have to 
to kind of so there's he must people he's contractually contractually <laughs> obligated exactly. after I, I hit like the 380 hour mark so i kind of have to finish it out i have to finish out a graveyard has to for all the people eaten by the dinosaurs in my jurassic park styled island a must and then uh pup course i want to put that's pretty up cool but yeah I, so you have like three different genres of like putt putting areas i mean because there's Usually pop up courses have different kind of themes. Mm-hmm. So I have like a pirate theme. I have like a space theme. And then I have, I think just landmarks. Mm. Um, so I want to do like maybe three or four holes, maybe a hole per genre. And then I just have to decorate, de- whoa, decorate, <laughs> decorate <laughs> my neighborhood or all the little houses to make it feel quaint. But cool. Um, yeah, I'm. It's a lot of fun. And then I guess the last game I bought, which I haven't really played too much of, maybe like 15 minutes, but the music was putting me to sleep was Grease. 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 Yes. I was corrected earlier today. Mm-hmm. Um, so Lauren really liked this. You played this as well, correct? Oh, hell yeah. Loved it. Um, and I think you platinumed it. Of course I did. Yeah. That's one of your 17. <laughs> uh, yeah. So I bought that one. My game plan was, so like Ben's coming over, we're going to play stories tonight. Um, and then tomorrow is... You do realize the NFL fantasy drafts tonight. I do. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Better be putting the Monster Hunter down in your little... He, he'll be gone by seven o'clock. Yeah. Your Slurpees or Monsties or whatever the heck. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're mountain Monsties. Yeah. Picking players. And then, um, yeah, I'll be playing gr- Grease okay. probably tomorrow. Grits. Cool. Grits. <laughs> Eating Grits. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. So what have you been playing? Uh, I've been playing too terribly much. Like I said, Lauren and I have been watching a lot of movies and just kind of hanging out. So when I do get a chance to come up in the game room, uh, still haven't made significant progress in Final Fantasy VII Remake. What was kind of reassuring isn't the right word, but interesting, I guess I will say, is that the point that I made in OG Final Fantasy VII when you and I were playing last year, kind of during the height of the pandemic, is actually where I'm at now in Remake. Okay. So there was a couple chapters there where I couldn't remember, like, is this stuff that was added to the game? I don't remember playing this in the the original version, but regardless of all of that, and I don't think this is a significant spoiler, because if you've never played Final Fantasy VII, this is literally going to mean nothing to you, but I'm at the Shinra facility. Okay. So I'm I'm making my way up that ridiculous building that's like 400 floors high. Yeah, and you said they kept the staircase in. Yeah, so... The, you're like, you're literally on a staircase running up floors for like five minutes straight. Yeah, so there's elevators in this one, thankfully. Oh, cool. But <laughs> my biggest frustration, and it's so minuscule in the grander scheme of things, but to this point, none, nothing in the game has really cause me any kind of frustration or like I really don't like the way they did this from like a the way the gameplay feels perspective mm-hmm. but there's this moment where you have to get the keys or the security keys to access the elevator and so you play as Tifa and she's like hopping her way around like these chandelier things okay. and then you have to jump up and grab on to these um these beams and use them as kind of like monkey bars and it is just so frustrating and controls so horribly and you don't really know the direction you're supposed to go. And when you move the joystick, she doesn't always move in the direction you want her to. Okay. Like it is such a short snippet of the game. Like realistically speaking, it'll take you like five to ten minutes to get through if that. But it was just such a horrible, 
horrible gameplay design from like a platforming perspective. And maybe it's because, you know, Square Enix, they're known for RPGs, not platformers. But yeah. it was just, yeah, a little painful to get through. Yeah, there was no platforming in the original, from what I remember. I think the keys were in different, like, vents and rooms and things. They they didn't have the ability to... I mean, even when you were Cloud platform. in the church, though, you hop from, like, one platform to the next. But it was more just, like, you move it to, in that direction and he just hops. This, yeah. you actually have to, like, jump up, grab the monkey bars, and, like, move her around. It just doesn't work well. It's such a, a minor gripe because the rest of the game is... Zero out of ten, guys. Yeah, Don't buy. Phenomenal. Um, so, yeah, I am... I finished chapter 15. Chapter 16, I'm in the Shinra facility. And I think there's 17 or 18 chapters. I misspoke the last time we recorded. I thought there was only, like, 16 chapters. There's a couple more, but I'm getting closer to the end. I'm about 25 hours in. So, that is kind of priority number one at this point. <clears throat> to finish and then i'll talk about some of the upcoming games i'm planning to hopefully either get through or play a little bit of before kana bridge of spirits comes out on september 21st yeah it's coming up yeah i was final fantasy is one of the ones that i'm waiting for you to finish so i can steal Mm -hmm. and play with the physical so i can get the upgrade yeah because i have the game it's just i don't i'd like the ps5 upgrade yeah Um, for sure 60 frames per second man you got to do it uh, yeah for sure So, outside of Final Fantasy VII Remake, which continues to be a gem, I played a game. um, This will come surprise to many, because I'm not really big on the whole 3D platforming scene, but I kind of forced myself to play another 3D platformer this week. God, I feel bad for you, man. I know you hate them. Me too. I hope the listeners feel bad for me. But it's called Male Mole, all right? So, (laughs) to kind of give the audience and the listeners uh, an image of what this game might play like, if you've played... Mario 3D World on the Wii U or 3D World Bowser's Fury on the Switch and you're like, yo, you know, Toad ended up getting his own game in Toad's Treasure Tracker or whatever the heck that game was. Yeah. What about our boy Monty Mole? Why can't Monty Mole have his own 3D platforming game? This is that game. This game plays very similar to Mario 3D World and as you might expect, you play as this little mole called Multi. And so instead this is of, licensed by Nintendo? Like part no, of, completely separate. This is like an indie game studio that ended up making this. Okay. Talpa Games okay. is the indie developer here. Um, it's a really unique platforming game in the sense that you're always underground because you're a mole. So yeah. you're, you're constantly running around the levels underground. And the only time you're outside of the ground is when you're trying to platform or jump your way to the next area. Mm-hmm. next platform or whatever or if there's moving things that you need to navigate the the longer you hold down on the button press the more significant and leap your jump will be okay. but it's also super sensitive because if you tap the jump button he also will just like jump out of the ground so it makes for a pretty chaotic 3d platformer when there's a lot of moving parts later in the game there's a pretty significant difficulty spike that There's a lot of trial and error with this game, which I loved. I mean, it plays, if you've played New Super Lucky's Tale, one of the mechanics is that you could burrow underground to either find hidden collectibles or there were some levels that required you to burrow underground to get to the next area. Mm -hmm. Mail is built from the ground up with that mechanic in mind, and it works really, really well. Nice. So you're kind of in a central hub area where you kind of navigate this, I would say, central park area or whatever the whole purpose of the game is to kind of restore power because the overarching villain who's this nasty rat dude stripped the whole town of power so you have to deliver these little 
car, it's because male mole, you're mm-hmm. like a little um, UPS delivery dude. You have to, <laughs> in each level, deliver the mail to this um, station, which restores like one extra node of power to the city's power. Okay. So there's five different worlds. Each world has four unique levels. And after each world, you have to fight a boss battle. Each boss battle is very reminiscent of your 3D Mario games. You have to hit the guy three times type of deal. But it's still super, super fun, reminiscent of the 3D Mario titles. So if those are your jam, you'll feel right at home with this. An adorable cast of characters. And for any speedrun fans out there... If you're looking to get the Platinum Trophy or if you're just looking to 100% the game in general, at the end of every level, you're timed. So as soon as you start the level, a timer starts. And by the end of the game, based on how quickly you got through it, you either get a bronze, silver, or gold medal. faster you get through the level, the higher the medal you get. And in order to get the Platinum, there is a gold trophy related to obtaining all of the gold medals. So... So you do a speed run. You have to speed run through the levels and there's metrics for each. So like to get a gold, you have to get through each level in like 50 seconds or something like that. So can you improve your time for each world to improve your overall? Is that how that works? Or do you have to speed run the entire game? No. So each level. So there's five worlds. Each world has four levels. Each level has its own separate speed run time. Okay. That you have to meet. So each level has its own gold medal that you have to obtain. So did you platinum this game? I didn't. The only trophy I have left is getting the speed run. How close are you? Um, once I beat it, I kind of just put it down for another game that I'll talk about here shortly. Um, I'll eventually do it because it's one of those things that you could easily just throw on a podcast and kind of speed speed run your way to victory. And it's not too challenging. Like it's definitely doable. Okay. But for someone like myself that never rushes through the Mario games or the platformers that I've played in the past... It is going to be challenging, especially in some of those later levels where it was a pain in the ass just to get the bronze medal and get to the end of the level, let alone speed run it in like a fraction of the time. Okay. Is this one of your like $3 games? No, this is, this came out last year. Pete's played this. Um, I know it's been on. So it's like a legit game, not like your Foxyland 2. No, it's not one of those garbage games. This is like a legitimate platformer that feels like when I said that this could be Monty Mole's own Nintendo first party developed game, I really mean it. Oh, okay. this feels polished enough where it could have been a first party Nintendo game and come out. Could it have used a little bit more polish? Maybe, but I don't really think so. Okay. It, it really stands on its own as a great 3D platformer. Oh, cool. Um, So what's it go for to like buy? I bought it on sale for like six or seven bucks i think normally it's 15 maybe do you have the physical or did you buy digital no i don't think they came out with a physical copy for this okay um i mean it's a pretty under the radar game i don't think many people know about it unless you're like me and you really go out of your way to to research all the 3d platformers out there but you can get it i think on switch you can get it on xbox playstation probably steam it's uh it's really fun Cool. Check it out. So, and I actually added the developers or tagged them, and a lot of the lead developers and designers retweeted me and liked it and stuff. So, look at you making friends. Yeah, I want to support the good people, you know? I mean, any way I can bring more attention to some of these underground 3D platformers that I think are genuinely fun, uh, they're certainly deserving of the attention. Yeah, for sure. So, check out Male Mole, really good times. The other game I played is something that's been on Lauren's radar for a long time. She had it pre-ordered for physically for Switch, and I think she ended up canceling her pre-order just because digitally it's already been released, and 
Um, physically, it's not going to ship for like another month, and that's Hoa. Okay. H O A, and this is a little game. It's a two D platformer, beautifully hand um, drawn animation. You kind of begin the game as this little red cloaked hero, not unlike Journey, I would okay. say. Uh, but you yeah, kind a of character you have right there. Yeah, exactly. Little um, traveler there. But yeah, you float in on this island uh, as this little character on a leaf, and then you immediately are kind of introduced to this these beautiful environments. It's a two-hour puzzle platformer where you're kind of making your way through nature, a number of different environments. One area you kind of um, explore underwater, kind of similar to your Donkey Country games. And then there's another area that's very steampunk with all of these robots and um, kind of feels like Spelunky and, mm-hmm. and SteamWorld Dig and things like that if you've played those games. It's a world like just full of childlike animation. It feels like a Studio Ghibli Pixar collaborate collaborative game or i would say i'm not doing well articulating this it feels like if pixar and studio ghibli came together to make a kind of an indie developed video game mm-hmm. this would be the result of that yeah because i i mean i saw you playing this one night when i was like sneakily getting grease mm. i was like hmm what other uh indie games and then i saw you were playing this and i had never heard of this yeah um and i looked into it and it it looks beautiful uh this was i was gonna buy this as well but i figured i'd one at a time but so you did you beat it or are you enjoying it i have probably about 12 to 15 minutes i looked at a guide because last night i was just tired and i'm like ah and I got to kind of what I presumed to be the final area. I looked at a guide and I was like, oh, yeah, I literally have like 20 minutes left in the game based okay. on where this person was at. So it's really short. You can literally beat it in two hours. One sitting is probably the encouraged way to play it. Very much like Journey or Flower. This is not something you want to pick up and play for 30 minute bits. It's something yeah. that is best experienced beginning to end. And I will say that it's almost streamlined and simple to a fault at least early on and as you go through the game you collect these little golden butterflies and then you find a very studio in studio ghibli inspired character that you talk to that grants you another ability so it could be a double jump it could be a glide ability it could be the ability to move blocks to help with puzzle solving but early on i would say the the first 30 to 45 minutes I mean, this could be like a young child's first platformer, and they could very easily figure out the puzzles and the platforming and how to get from, you know, A to B. Okay. I think that's intentional on the developer's part because, you know, Ori's a beautiful game, but it's also pretty intense. Yes. And so there's certain areas that I imagine you probably didn't have a chance to stop, breathe, and enjoy the background of the areas and levels because you're moving so quickly. I think Hoa is an intentionally really easy game because the developers spent so much time on the hand-drawn animation that they want you to really embrace and enjoy and experience those environments. Mm -hmm. The music, very complimentary to it. It literally feels like the beginning of something like Finding Nemo where that music kind of kicks in and it's just so relaxing, but Almost a little emotional, too. Yeah. It, it is very complimentary to, to that experience. So if you're looking for something that's super chill, like this, playing through this game almost seems effortless and reminds me of something like a short hike on Switch that I played last year yeah. where I'm definitely going to revisit it, not because I'm looking forward to beating it, but 
I kind of just need something to take the edge off after a tough day. Mm -hmm. And Hoa is really great at doing that, even if later in the game it gets a little bit more challenging. But I say that in air quotes because even Rusty, who I've been definitely getting better at puzzles, Mm -hmm. but there's nothing here that's going to cause you to stop, pause, get out some pen and paper and figure out what you need to do. Okay. Like it's not that challenging at all. Uh, Very simple, platforming simple. But again, all intentional in the developer's part. It really feels like a Pixar Studio Ghibli video game come to life. So if you're looking for something in that realm, check out Hoa. This is also something that you can get pretty much across the board. Steam, Switch, PlayStation, probably Xbox as well. Just a really, really nice game. Cool. And outside of that, that's really been it. Just some super chill stuff. And then I'll probably get back to Final Fantasy VII Remake later this weekend because we have Monday off, thankfully. And I think if I can squeeze it in before Cana Bridge of Spirits, there's so much hype right now with Psychonauts 2. I'm so glad that Double Fine and Tim Schafer and the team over there have put out a game that's met the expectations of the broader fan base. Really seems like the game was kind of a home run for them. So love that, but I also never played the original game. So what I'm hoping to do, if I can squeeze it in, like I was saying, is wrap up Final Fantasy VII Remake. I don't want to rush that at all, so if I can't get to the original Psychonauts, I won't, but I would love to play through that prior to Cana Bridge of Spirits coming out. I remember it was, you know, part of that PlayStation 2 classic series of games that made its way to the PlayStation 4 digital storefront, Yeah, and I bought it probably about a year and a half, two years ago, and just never got around to playing it. So maybe I'll download that, play through that in the next couple of weeks, and uh, I've heard that game is just laugh out loud funny. It's less about the platforming mechanics and more just about, um, I don't know if it's puzzle solving or the wacky weapons that you end up getting or what, but I heard it's just a very Tim Schafer game and it's just a lot of fun. Very cool. So hoping Thanks. to play some of that. And then Lauren and I might start Lego the Hobbit or... Um, it takes two. It takes two. So nice. we'll see. Yeah, I'm waiting to hear your impressions yeah. on that one. Um, yeah, for me, I'm obviously going to get Kana here later this month, um, starting Monster Hunter, so I'll be playing that one. That's kind of probably just going to be background long term after I beat kind of the main story. Um, I have Grease, uh, which I'll probably beat this weekend, and then knock out Ori as well, which I have about 12 hours left in, and then I'm grabbing your Ratchet and Clank. Dude, I cannot wait. So certainly if you can, because we're going to record an episode next week for the PlayStation State of Play, would love to hear your impressions of that. Even in the game you could beat in like five to eight hours, Mm -hmm. realistically speaking. But I would love, even if you just played an hour, the opening kind of sequence with the parade. Dude, it's so good. Okay. It's so good. Yeah. I'll play that this week then. Awesome. Well, looking forward to those impressions for sure.
All right, Ryan, let's get into the main topic of the show. We got to get back to some of Chuck Klosterman's supertheticals. If you are new here to the podcast, Ryan and I have done this a couple different times. Chuck Klosterman is a rather interesting dude. He's written some weird books you may be familiar with, like Eating the Dinosaur Sucks Sex. (laughs) (laughs) Book is horrible. Don't read it. Fucking terrible. Eating the Dinosaur Sucks for Sex. My gosh. Sex, drugs, and Cocoa Puffs. But what if we're wrong? Raised in Captivity and Chuck Klosterman X. He's written some really interesting things. I have not read any of those, so I really can't recommend them. But I have heard that the eating the dinosaur does suck. So just <laughs> an FYI. Anyway, so these are 50 questions for Strange Conversations. Ryan and I have already done 50 hypotheticals, which also made for some wacky, weird, and wild conversations between ryan and i you can go back like i would say 50s 60s some of those episodes are probably when yeah. ryan and i got through those but we've been making our way through these supertheticals i think we've probably done 15 20 of them so yeah far. that sounds about right we'll do yeah. five of them today maybe 10 depending on how quickly we get through some of these but um these ones you either have to think of a specific person a hypothetical person you're kind of put in a situation where you kind of have to deal with with the circumstances of that event or whatever, yep. and that person. So, Ryan, I'm going to need you to think of a specific person today. Okay. For this particular card. All right. You ready? Yep. This person was a member of the Beatles, so oh. you only got a couple to choose from here. If you don't know anything about the Beatles, select a character from the TV show Friends or Game of Thrones. I like Game of Thrones on this one. Uh, yeah, I do too. But greater inventory of people to choose from. If you've never watched an episode of either of those programs, what is wrong with you? He doesn't actually say that. He says, select a current member of the U.S. Supreme Court. (laughs) I know less about the Supreme Court than I do, but Uh, I don't like the Beatles. We're not going there. Imagine that the person you selected is alive in the same age as you are now. I might pick Danny Daenerys. Is is Yoko Ono part of the Beatles technically (laughs) (laughs) or or just their demise? (laughs) I don't think so. Okay, I'll do... um... What's her name? Her name is Rose, right? What's uh, Jon Snow's first wife? Oh, Egrid or something. E- yeah, Egrid. I'll do Egrid. Okay. Um, all right. Sounds good. Assume this person has been seamlessly dropped into your life. Yes. You see this person constantly. Oh, gosh. Heck yeah. What's up, Amelia? And move in the same social circles. Cool. Consider their personality type and the various quirks and foibles that define their identity. <laughs> she literally is a murderer. <laughs> Egret's great, though. She is, yeah. Yeah. Um, all right, so who among your current friends would they like the most, and who would they like the least? How much would it bother you if, over time, it became clear that they preferred one of your friends' company to yours? That's kind of boring. You're going to bring Game of Thrones into this and just say, which of your friends do they like and which they do they not? Yeah, that seems like a weird twist. <laughs> hmm. Who would Egrid like the most? Who's the most rugged and like off the reservation? Rick, maybe. You're probably. I'm going with Matt. Matt's probably most. Oh. Me. <laughs> yeah. yeah, they'd get married. Yeah. So I lost out on uh, cave fun. Yeah. It, too bad, right? Yeah. For you. Um. I think for me, Daenerys, I think she probably wouldn't like Lauren because she would see Lauren as a wedge between our relationship. Okay. She'd get kind jealous. of like a Sansa Stark kind of 
dynamic. Yeah, she'd give her that like little like, oh, I think we're friends, but we're not really friends look yeah. that she did in season eight. Um, yeah, so I think she'd probably have one of her dragons like fry Lauren for lunch or something like that. And <laughs> cool. Danny and I would ride off in the sunset. Bend the knee. <laughs> yeah. Lauren and I, or uh, D- Danny and I would ride off in the sunset. Cool. What happens to your dog? Uh, Scoob would be on the, yeah, he'd be third okay. wheeling. Sounds Scoob's good. absolutely third wheeling. Okay. Would she, would she be jealous of your relationship with your dog? That doesn't matter. Scoob is you, literally Yeah, you, I mean, you could say, like, her relationship with her dragons are the same. Exactly. As, like, like, if Drogon's I mean, you here, birthed Scoob in fire <laughs> yeah. right after blood magic. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. That is the story of Scoob we just don't usually talk about on the podcast. Yeah, we try to keep that on the DL for sure. Yeah. But, you know, Scoob's third wheel and Drogon's third wheel and it's all good. Cool. We're the best of friends. That was weird. We're going to move on to the next card. This sounds good. Yeah. Uh, this is a hypothetical person. All right. All right. So this person is quiet and solitary. Nothing about their personality is remarkable or memorable. Cool. They are smaller and slightly older than you. Okay. Well, let's read that again. They're quiet and solitary, so they kind of keep to themselves. Okay. Nothing about their personality is remarkable, so they're boring as shit. And they are smaller and slightly older than you. going to go with Bill Gates. This is a hypothetical person, but Bill can certainly fit that role. Okay. <laughs> now stand by while I read like three paragraphs of text. Cool. This person is your coworker. Okay. Your desks are adjacent, but your office relationship is cordial and distant. They never complain. Whenever anyone asks them out to lunch or drinks, they decline. The job is stressful, but they are competent. There is, however, one aspect to their personality that's a bit odd. On a handful of occasions, the, you've heard them become angry on the telephone, usually with a client. But sometimes with a coworker, every time, oh, but sometimes with a coworker, they, they kind of have a fit of rage. Every time this happens, they calmly make the same threat. I'm going to kill you. Oh, God. <laughs> this has happened at least three times, but the rest of their behavior is normal, even boring. You mentioned this behavior to another coworker. That coworker provides an unexpected morsel of office gossip. Ten years ago, the imagined person was arrested and charged with murder. A trial was held, and they were found not guilty. Five years later, it happened again, and they were arrested and charged with another murder, but were found not guilty. Do you assume this person is a murderer, or do you assume this person's habit of threatening to kill people is the reason they keep getting wrongly accused? That's an interesting one. I mean, first of all... Our legal system says they're innocent. Sure, but this is also something that you would directly make a call to HR and say that my coworker is threatening. Yeah, I was going to say like I just I just took a training on like office shooters and like was a run hide fight. I I just took that training. It was uh, this week, so because there's like an order to it. It's like if if there's an intruder in the building, do you put a stop to it? Meaning like guard the door or whatever. Do you hide and then get out? Did you watch the one with like the dude with the shotgun who goes into the lobby? No, we must have missed that one. Okay. Yeah. I, yeah. So anyway, um, yeah, no, I, I think him saying I want to kill you or I want to kill people at work, not the most appropriate place. I think that would definitely be an HR call pretty quickly. Yeah. Um, yeah. As far as, what was the second part like whether I think he's guilty or does it? Do you assume this person is a murderer or do you assume this person's habit of threatening to kill people is the reason they keep getting wrongly accused? Um, I, I don't know. Saying I'm going to kill people doesn't 
put you on trial for like being accused of murder. It just gets you fired from your job. I, I certainly right? think there's like an audit trail though of like you historically threaten every single person that frustrates you that you're going to kill them. Yeah. So that these murders have happened in close proximity to where you live and there's you don't have an alibi, then yeah, I think all signs point to you as being a murderer. But I don't know if there's necessarily a direct correlation. I, My next course of action is just going to HR, I think. Yeah, I think as like a coworker, I'd definitely go to HR. I'd be curious if anyone he said, I'm going to kill you, has gone missing. Yeah. Then th- there's some correlation. Then absolutely. And I would be, be like, okay, he's murdered people, but he's gotten away with it. Yeah. The, ju- the glove might not have fit, but he has been acquitted yeah we gotta turn in ted bundy at some point here so yeah no i'd I'd still be worried i mean aggressive behavior i mean relatively i mean depending on your job that doesn't mean you're a murderer but no it's the i'm gonna kill you (laughs) generally a good giveaway of some deep-seated issues yeah Uh, that's that's weird interesting card these have been a little boring today yeah I feel like the hypotheticals were far more ludicrous and interesting. Has anyone ever told you I'm going to kill you? Not in like a serious sense. It was more like if I was going to just kill you. Like, yeah, if I was playing Halo and I just kept winning and it was like not even in the context of the game, but outside of it, like, gosh, I'm going to kill you. Like you keep winning. Yeah. But not. I'm going to murder you, Rusty. I don't think I've ever made someone mad enough to say something like that to me. Yeah, I don't think so either. Yeah, no one said I'm going to murder you yeah. or kill you. Interesting. Um, <laughs> anyway, happy cards. <laughs> yeah. Next one. This is a specific person. Okay. This is the person that's reading this card. Okay. That's what it says. Yeah. So that's me. Do you have to do you as well? I guess so. Yeah. I'm, I'm Introspection. Te- exactly. Let's go. Here we go. I'm dead. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Starting out strong. <laughs> that's the bad news. But here's the good news. There's an afterlife. Okay, you spend cool. the first 500 years in existential solitude, relaxing and experiencing pleasure. All right. You pay no attention to the world you left behind, but eventually you look back down at Earth and see that this person is being worshipped as a deity. There are statu- <laughs> You're God now. <laughs> there are statues of them everywhere, and the world's most popular religion is built around their identity, love of 3D platformers, and the Pittsburgh Steelers. <laughs> nice. What a life, man. Yeah. Yeah. Today's session turned to New Super Lucky's Tale 312. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Uh, my goodness. All right. What do you think happened over the past five centuries? To make you a god (laughs) in worship? I think they probably just went to my Twitter history and just saw all of the love and praise of 3D platformers. And they were like, this guy. Yeah, really, I, I think they found the podcast. And they listen to a few episodes and like, okay, platformers, he's got some really good perspectives. Yeah. Steelers, they're like, maybe some sacrilegiousness going on here Mm because the Browns are obviously the true coming of Rusty's Christ. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Chill out there. But okay, I'm I'm hanging on here for the story. But I don't know. It'd probably have to be the podcast and then going back to your YouTube channel and seeing like your old reviews i mean i obviously dragon ball's origins 2 came into play anyone that watches that unboxing video is changing religion absolutely that's it, it changed my life <laughs> <laughs> when i watched it before your wedding uh yeah 
Yeah, I, I think it would be just going through your content and then like seeing Scoob. Oh yeah, Scoob would I mean change his lives daily. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah, I think certainly my internet footprint would be a significant reason for me being this random god. <laughs> he was like, "Wow, he's completed a lot of platformers, and he's achieved so many platinum trophies that." We should hold him above all. But I think they attribute my character in strong, you know, whatever to my love of Dave Grohl. I always looked up to him and modeled my behavior after him. Maybe he's the father and you're the son. (laughs) 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 And Scoob's the Holy Ghost. (laughs) (laughs) Can you imagine? He's got the beard and the long hair. That's awesome. You just need like... A Steelers uniform on one of you guys, and you're just fucking the next Abrahamic. Oh, my goodness. That's so bad. That's so bad. But uh, maybe true. You know, yeah. if we're playing along with the card here, it, it only makes sense. Just give it 500 years. You'll get there. Yeah. Gosh. I mean, I hope Dave Grohl's being talked about 500 years from now. Me too. There's no way I'm going to be talked about <laughs> 500 years from now. Um, I mean, maybe once we make it big and uh, rule the world. Maybe. There's always a chance, Ryan. There's always a chance. All right, let's get back to these cards. Let's keep moving along here. This is a hypothetical person. Okay. All right. This person looks a lot like the contemporary celebrity you find most attractive. Okay? Okay. So keep someone in mind here. Keep in mind that this person is not the actual celebrity. They simply resemble them to a degree that is impossible to deny. Okay. Do you have someone in mind? Uh, What's her name? What's it's Lily Reinhardt? Uh, what was she in movie wise, TV wise? Um, one of the, I don't know the name of the show. It, it's, fuck. What is the name of that show? Is it a Netflix thing? No, it's with one of the uh, sweet Zach, sweet life of Zach and Cody kids. You're thinking of Ashley Tisdale. Oh no, you're thinking of uh, Riverdale. Riverdale, the yeah, she's girl. the blonde one. Yeah, she dated one of the Olsen twins or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, one of the twins in one of the shows. Who gives a fuck? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Okay, Her. so I'm thinking Rachel Wise from the Mummy movies, Ma- married to. Oh the, shit, that's a good one. Married to the beautiful right, Daniel cool. Craig. Yeah, yeah. All right, Rachel Wise and Ashley Tisdale. Let's do this. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, you were driving on a road near your home. The vehicle in front of you crosses in... Let me read. You are driving on a road near your home. The vehicle in front of you crosses into the wrong lane and stops abruptly, causing you to crash into them from behind. You're not hurt. Both vehicles are drivable, but the damage is significant. The driver of the other car is the imagined person. They immediately jump out of the car, rush back to see if you are okay. They are extraordinarily nice and admit that the accident was their fault. They take full responsibility but beg you not to call the police because they are driving with a suspended license. However, the person insists that they will take care of everything one way or the other. You are the, are well aware of that. Are you aware... Well, sorry, I had to enunciate in a certain way. You are well aware that by leaving the scene of the accident without calling the police, you will surrender any legal leverage you currently have. What do you do? I've done that before. Have you? Yeah. Um... I was driving on that major road that you have with all the Krogers and the giant eagles, Mm, mm -hmm. and someone just didn't leave enough room, and they swiped the back right of me. And we just pulled off to the side, 
and he's like, hey, it's going to cost probably around a thousand bucks and that's going to be my deductible. It's, I'm going to get higher rates on my insurance. I let's I'll just go to the dealership with you and we can just pay. I'll pay it off. We don't have to get insurance involved or mm-hmm. the police. So I just took pictures, took pictures of his like ID license plate, all the damage to both vehicles and then got an estimate and he paid it off. Okay. Um, so I had no problem with that. Suspended license is sketchier. It's worded weird that I'll pay it off in like any way. Like it's not, it's just worded a little strange. So let's just play it out like, hey, what what can I do for you? What can I give you in exchange for you just walking away and pretending this never happened? So what do you need from Lily Reinhardt or whatever? Love. Okay. <laughs> No, I I don't I don't really care about celebrities. So her to fix my damn car. Okay. So just, she's got to pay for it. Yeah, and maybe a picture and an autograph. Okay. Cool. <laughs> Very nice. Um yeah, so Rachel, what's up? She comes out of my car. We're hanging out. We're making small talk. You know, I maybe drop a few mummy references and she laughs <laughs> a little bit. And then I probably just say, you know, if we're going to walk away and pretend this never happened, you know, I'd probably like a photograph. Yeah. Maybe sign it. Or something I'm going like. to get Divorced with my wife, we're going to get married, and then you can fix my car. That and- would be nice. <laughs> yeah. That would be nice. But, you know, I'd probably also, if that's not going to work out, I'll say, you know, wh- what were your thoughts about them moving forward with Tomb of the Emperor Dragon without you back when you were pregnant? <laughs> yeah. I mean, you had to feel a little hurt by that, right? And then I would say, you know, it sucks that you weren't in the third Mummy movie because, honestly, it's awful without you. Yeah. Um, you know, what's the p- potential or possibility of you slipping me Brendan Fraser's digits so I can, you know, maybe <laughs> go out golfing and, and have a beer with he him? He seems like a really cool dude. He does seem pretty laid back, down to earth guy. Yeah. And he, he also, I also feel like there's been this like resurgence of Brendan Fraser love. Like there's a lot of random like Brendan Fraser fan accounts out there of mm-hmm. like he had an era where he got out of the acting scene and then he came back and did like Looney Tunes back in action and. Um, journey to the center of the earth and stuff like that. And then he kind of just disappeared for a while, but now he's coming back and he's going to be in some notable film. I, I, I don't, it, yeah, I think I saw a commercial. I don't think it's knives out too or anything like that. It's something of significance though, that like he's, he's maybe coming back into the Hollywood fold. Well, I, I think would, he got blacklisted for a while after he got some injuries or something. Could have like been. He didn't want to do stunts because he was like fracturing stuff. Well, he, he, I think either broke bones or had some long-term effects of what happened on the set of the mummy. Yeah. Cause that was a pretty physically challenging film to. And I think there was some like dispute or something with whoever was doing the movies and then it kind of got him blacklisted. Mm-hmm. But I, yeah, uh, he seemed cool. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, maybe, maybe there's a fourth mummy movie, that other lady in the third movie, we just pretend that never happened. Yeah. Rachel Wise comes back and they do like a, that'd be awesome if they did a fourth mummy movie. Now, that Brendan, would, like them as their current age with their kids as well, grown up. Yeah. And then they could all hunt mummies and talk, like pass the torch. Because those movies were fun. Oh, the first two were so good. Yeah. I just watched them. I think earlier this week I watched uh, the first one. Okay. I, I mean, yeah. Watched that's it. one's probably the, my favorite. And then the second one's the one with The Rock and becomes a Scorpion, right? Yeah, and that kind of led to his first film debut, which was Scorpion King. Yeah. That was his first movie. Oh, was it? Yeah. Like, first, he was the lead role. Yeah. I mean, obviously, like, the animatronic rock in this, uh, the, the Mummy Returns is super... That CGI is horrible. Yeah, it is. But, but yeah. 
So yeah, Rachel, and I, Rachel Wise and I, we'd hang out. I get Brendan Fraser's number. I call him up. It'd be a good time. Okay. We'd walk away like nothing happened. I'm good to do that. All right, Brian, what do you say we get to this last card here? Sounds good. This is a person created. Oh, wait, this is a hypothetical person. Okay. Okay. This person, this is a person created through genetic engineering. Mm. They are devoid of personality and physically average in every way. Cool. They can speak and think logically, but are otherwise intellectually blank. They have no opinions, sense of history, or sense of self. Wow. Sounds like a fascinating character. Yikes. <laughs> this is the dullest person you'll ever meet. Yeah. Go. <laughs> this person will do whatever you tell them to do and behave however you instruct them to behave. They are, in almost every aspect or every respect, a robot. They have no name, no agency, no legal rights, are not protected by the law, but they are still human. They have all the needs of a regular person, feel pain and pleasure, and have the ability to learn. This person now lives in your house. You do whatever you want with them, without repercussions. What do you do? Consider the person's mental limitations if you choose to release them into society. Oh, this is sad. Yeah, no, I... This is sad. I don't like this at all. I mean, I think the best thing is socialize the person with other people, try to... It, you basically gained a kid who you're... Resp- you're resp- I guess they don't have any rights in society. I mean, it almost reminds me of someone that was imprisoned at like 10, has been there for 50 years and gets released at 60, 60 and doesn't know how to interact or do anything. Yeah. So thank you for listening to our podcast. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, that is so bizarre. I think you socialize the person, you know, you introduce them to the the hot titles like Diddy Kong Racing and... Yeah, platformers. And then they start with your other genetically engineered friends to start a religion. And then through all of the genetically modified people, you gain a following, you get tithing, you become the platformer god with G- Dave Grohl. And then you live forever that in probably the minds would be of others. Just pro- think of like iRobot. Yeah. Like it'd be something like that. Yeah. That's just such Except a Except weird... at least Sonny was like freaking brilliant. Yeah. He didn't have any rights. I don't know. I don't what, like this one. I don't either. Let us know in the Discord if you're not there. Click that little link in the show notes. What would you do with this person that is now your roommate? Uh, that is such a weird card. All of these have been, I would say, pretty disappointing for the most part. Yeah, I would say the what hypotheticals yeah. were probably better than the superthetical's. Yeah, I would tend to agree. So if you're looking to get one versus the other, get the hypotheticals. The superthetical's are interesting. I think it would also be better if we had like a group of four or five people yeah. talking through these cards, like if we had some friends over or something like that. But even still, it doesn't make the cards any more interesting. Yeah, even hypotheticals in that situation would still be way better. Yeah. Because those are about like dilemmas and like situations opposed to put someone you know or hypothetical into questionable situations yeah it's just it's a different feel yeah definitely not as interesting but neither here nor there i guess hopefully everyone enjoyed those ryan and i are going to keep making our way through the superthetical's when we don't have time to you know do a a super big segment of the show but yeah Originally, this week, we were going to review a movie, um, but the prep time with all the fun activities you had this week towards the end kind of delayed that. So we'll eventually get to the segment that we had planned. Yeah. 
which I mean, we can talk. Do we want to segment into what our plans are moving forward? Yeah. So the next couple of weeks, uh, as I mentioned earlier in the show, there's a PlayStation State of Play next Thursday. Who knows what they're going to talk about? I mean, they're probably going to drop Naughty Dog's working on a Jack and Daxter revival. Uncharted 5 is also in development. And Sly Cooper 3 is coming back. Um, I guess it would be Sly 5 because we already have 3 and we have 4. So yeah, Sly Cooper. But uh, yeah, stay tuned for that. That'll be fun. Ryan and I will have fresh impressions next weekend, which should be good times. And then beyond that, Ryan and I have also talked quite a bit about reviving our movie review segment. So um, a couple movies have dropped on Disney Plus recently. Raya and the Last Dragons, one that Ryan and I would like to potentially review. Luca's on there as well. And then, you know, I've been watching a lot of Quentin Tarantino films and other classics too, like um, Goodfellas and all that kind of stuff. So Ryan and I will be sure to, you know, post in the Discord or maybe we'll have a poll of like, you know, the Discord can all agree upon a movie to watch. We can all watch it together. People can submit their thoughts, get the community involved in watching a movie and reviewing it together. That would be a lot of fun. And then I also think that Ryan and I would like to revive, sort of, and we, we, we did it a couple episodes ago, is the Destiny Island Challenge segment where we have an inventory of consoles to pull from, whether it's handheld or home console. The last one we did was the Sega Genesis. So the whole premise of the segment is... We're going on a desert island, Destiny Island to be exact, from Kingdom Hearts, and we have to select five games to take with us with this console and spend the entirety of our lives playing these five games. It's a really unique chance for Ryan and I to do a little bit of research about the console, its library of games, figure out what games we might like the most on the system, but then also kind of do a deep dive on the console itself. When did it come out? What was the hype surrounding it? Maybe play some YouTube commercials to kind of get an idea of, you know, if it was back from like the late 90s, just the 90s cheese and cringe, you know, related to the Sega Genesis, which we did already. Yeah. Um, that kind of stuff I think would be really fun. So all of those types of things are certainly in the pipeline. And to think we're already nearly a quarter into this next 100 episode. Um, yeah, it's crazy. You know, series of... of otaku brothers is crazy to me so we definitely want to get some guests in the uh kind of lined up for the future of the show so i have one person in particular that i'd love to have on in the next couple episodes i'm going to reach out to him and see if he has availability in the next few weeks he already expressed interest in being on the show so stay tuned for that i don't want to give any details but we're definitely going to be bringing guests back on the show i'd love to have pete door back on pick his brain about the whole wada games and um, Gem Mintens and just the current state of the retro video game market, which is absolute insanity. All of that fun stuff I think would be really fun. And Ryan, I'd love to also do an episode where you and Lauren just sit I down. I was going to say, I mean, you mentioned that on the one episode you kicked me off of. Yeah. Um. So yeah, that'd be fun too. Yeah. So definitely stay tuned. Ryan and I have no shortage of ideas for the future of the podcast. We're going to keep going. Uh, as long as we're continuing to enjoy recording. But that does not mean that you can't write into the show and share ideas that you'd like for the podcast moving forward. So Otaku Brothers Gmail at podcast. No, that's wrong. <laughs> it's been a while since I've yeah. plugged. See, we Two see... weeks, you just forget everything. <laughs> exactly. Otaku Brothers Podcast at gmail.com. That's in the, the, the show notes as well. Shoot us an email, whether you have a question, suggestion for the show, maybe send us a pitch why you think you'd be a great guest on the podcast. Listen, we're not, you know, uh, above having anyone on the podcast, but if you want to be on, 
let us know. We'd love to have you on. It'd be good times. We'd have some uh, good conversation. Ryan and I would pick your brain a bit. It'd be fun. So let us know. Also, if you want to show your appreciation for the show, go to Apple Podcasts, whatever podcast service you listen to the show. You know, Write us a little review. Rate us five stars if you so please. Let us know what you love about the show. And uh, hopefully it brings a smile to your face. But once again, Ryan and I will be back next week to hopefully share some fun, fresh reactions to the PlayStation State of Play. That should be good times. But if you're not new here, you know we got to do it every single week when Ryan and I record the podcast. I got to turn things back to him and ask him, Ryan, you got any parting words or fun facts for the listeners this week? Of course I do. Oh, heck. And this week I'm bringing facts about nukes. (laughs) So I don't know how this pops up in my feed. Uh, It was probably because I was looking at like dark matter stuff, but it was I watched two videos about how they built Little Boy and Fat Man, which are the two nuclear bombs at the end of World War II mm. that were dropped on Japan. And I was curious, like, how the hell a nuclear bomb actually works. Um, it turns out they're drastically different designs between the two. Um, it So the first one, Little Boy, actually used uranium. I think it was 235. And they used like 64 kilograms of uranium to produce like 15, uh, not megajoules, kilojoules worth of explosive power. Yikes. The second one used one-tenth the amount of nuclear material. Instead of uranium, they used plutonium and they produced a bigger blast. Yikes. Um, and then like shape-wise or how it worked... Like the first one, Little Boy, was kind of a cylindrical design, kind of set up like a barrel of a gun. You have like the gunpowder at one side, you have the uranium in the cylinder, and they basically collide, explode, and explosion. The second one was kind of just like set up like a ball where you had the plutonium in the center, and then you had multiple kind of circular coverings that were all basically rigged explosives. And then you had two little earmuffs to that ball, which basically sent electrical triggers all around the ball to explode. That's insane. But it, I, I guess I didn't understand that we used two drastically different designs between the two using totally different materials. Wow. So, yeah, it's in, just interesting. Nuclear power and explosions are always fascinating. Fascinating. A bit freaky, for yeah. sure. Uh yeah, like I said, this is an educational program. Ryan brings a fun fact every week. That's why you get to listen to the end of the show. And then we got to fade out the show with some good tunes as well. But this has been Chemistry Time with Ryan. Yes. Hopefully everyone learned something new today. I certainly did. But once again, we will be back next week to share our reactions to the PlayStation State of Play. So make sure you tune in to the State of Play, but also watch out for the episode because it will be in your podcast queues probably next Saturday or Sunday. All right, everyone. Thank you so much for listening. Stay healthy. Be well out there. All right. And keep playing the great video games. See ya.
Like slow spinning redemption winding in and winding out The shine of it has caught my eye And roped me in so mesmerizing So hypnotizing I am Captivated I am Vindicated Like slow spinning redemption.